That's my thing, man. Walk the Line fans, you are listening to Walk the Line. My name is Dan Cryer, and I'm here at Impact Sports here at Michigan State University. And with me today is Brooks Lambeer. Brooks, how's it going, buddy boy? I'm good, Dan. How are you? Uh, good, good. I'm in a real good mood, as always, except for last week and the week before that and the week before that. But uh, yeah, before we get to today's show and have some fun talking about the um, the picks for Week 5 NCAA and for NFL Week 4, there's a couple things I just wanted to get, uh, get out of the way. Uh, first off, it's an unfortunate thing, but uh, it's good for Ryan. Unfortunately, Ryan Smith um, can no longer be joining us here on Walk the Line because his schedule just will not permit for it. So he's too busy. So, you, I mean, so Ryan, we love you. You know, like it's great to hear that you're working hard and everything like that. So anything, I mean, like you love Ryan. I do love Ryan. Love Ryan. Uh, they're always be intramural basketball, right, Cryer? Yep, dude. Ryan can ball. So that's the first order of business. Another thing is, you know, I've had some various discussions with some friends of mine um, this week. And one of the misconceptions about Walk the Line and just uh, what we do here in general is that we are somehow connecting the point spreads to gambling. And I just wanted to make it clear, which I did in my podcast called Defending the Line, that in no way are we speaking about betting or anything money related. Um, there is something, there is an app that you can have for free that you can use with points and and you can wager points and it makes the sport more that makes picking and choosing football scores more enjoyable, makes watching the games more enjoyable. So that's why I do this. And not once this season have I placed a single sports bet for money. So anything to comment on that one? Because I'm trying to tell people what we're doing is not betting and gambling. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we did the same thing with the World Cup podcast we did um, at the beginning, in the summertime, you yeah. and I. Um, not all of them do we, do we say the, the spreads for the goals, because um, we pretty much assumed that most of them were two and a half. Yeah. Um, that was kind of a normal one. Yeah. Um, but I think people, like what you said, I think people really get a misconception of what a point spread is and what actually uh, betting on a point spread is. Uh, what we are doing is we are we are not throwing down money at all. Not. I, I am not. I am not calling in Vegas. I'm not calling nope. to my bookie or anything. And I'm no not bookie. saying I want. I don't even know a bookie. Yeah, I don't even know a bookie either. Um, I'm not on the internet gambling. Yeah. Nothing. I have an app that uses free points. Yeah, and I don't even have an app. I just like to talk about it's it. It's super fun to talk about. Yeah. And you know what? You know who else likes to talk about it? This is interesting because this is from the state news from September 23rd, 2014, only a few days ago. The head coach of the Michigan State football team, he likes to talk about point spreads. And I'm going to quote it right from the paper. It says, quote, I knew we were heavy favorites in the football game, and I wanted to make sure or we wanted to make sure as coaches that we played up and that we did not play down to the point margin that they were predicting, head coach Mark D'Antonio said during a teleconference on Sunday. So even Mark D'Antonio has fun with the with the with the uh, point spreads. He likes thinking about it. He probably uses it as a motivational tactic for his team. I'm sure he doesn't bet on the sports. I don't know if he does or doesn't. It's not my business. But I know that I don't bet on sports, and I know that I'm not here talking about sports betting. I'm talking about just prediction. It's using statistical analysis to predict things. So that's just my – I will hammer that home. It is it Sports lines, betting lines, are the, that's what they're called, but the point spreads, they are just – common knowledge and you see that right brooks when you go into the websites espn.com and stuff yeah and just to back you back you over that that the the point spread that that we see on espn or yahoo or whatever gives us as as journalists as lovers of the college football and nfl football and world cup soccer and what have you not whatever you can sure. whatever has Everything. point spreads yeah it's prediction it, yeah. it is it, it helps us determine who we think is going to win the game and will be close along with the other statistical information about what your average yards per game and whatnot which if you want to make a if you want to make like a if someone wants to counter argue and be like well, point spreads are associated with gambling. Well, yes, they are, but we haven't thrown out any bets. But you can make the same bet as, well, a team that has 400 yards of offense and that's playing against a team that has, like, 200 yards of offense. Like, you can say, oh, let's place all our money on the team that has higher offense. Yeah, it's yeah. just predictions. It's predictions. Like, you can use any statistical thing to place, to place a bet for anything. Right, so, and it makes it interesting on an extra level. Last week, for instance, Michigan State was minus 45.5 against a very lesser team in eastern Michigan as far as competitive nature of getting on the field and playing. 
So really, there was about, I would say, I don't know, a 50,000 to 1 chance of Eastern Michigan beating Michigan State. But the minus 45 and a half was, well, can Michigan State win by 46 or more? And at one point in the game, when it was 59 to 7, Michigan State gave up a touchdown to make it 59-14. Oh my goodness, now it went to 45 points. They were no longer covering. That made it interesting. Then Michigan State got the ball back on a turnover, made it 66-14. They were covering, and then that dude, number 22, busted an 80-yard run. Boom, end zone, 73-14. So they covered the spread by 13.5 points. Okay, it made the game more interesting and it made it more fun because guess what? Last week I predicted that they were going to cover. I predicted the game over under was going to go over 52 and a half and I was right about both of them and I felt good self-esteem about that. Did I win a single penny because of that? No, I did not. Did my self-esteem go up because of that? Yes. Was I happy that Michigan State, a team I cheer for, won and did like one in that nature? Yes. But I was happy that I predicted it and I was happy that I was right about it. So would you concur on that about being right? I mean, yeah. I mean, do the same thing when I turn on EPL game on Saturday or whatever. Like, it's the same thing. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like, okay, this. Let's see what this game is. Two good teams are playing each other, so probably one or two goals may be scored. You know, maybe the, maybe three total. You know, I do the same thing in my head. There's not. I'm not. But I'm not reading things beforehand. But still, it's the same kind of concept as if I'm talking to someone and be like, hey, I think this game's gonna be two one because such and such and. You know, it. I mean, it's just it, you predict. You, you Everybody predict. mentally wants to predict and say, yeah. "I'm right." There, that's what we do. We're a curious it world. It just is, and it, like like I said, it, please listen to my my podcast defending the line because I defended it, and I'm going to continue to defend it because I have no shame in what we're doing here, and I for not one split second do I feel that I'm doing something bad or wrong or evil or that this should be out of the public eye because it's not. It's here to stay. CBS Sports every. CBSSports.com every Monday has something called line study now. If you go to ESPN.com scoreboard, you will see the point spread for every football game, NFL and college. You'll see the over-under, which is the combined total. That's what people care about. It's right there with the start time. So, welcome to the future, people. You know what I mean? And, and, and like, I really, if anybody wants to, wants to, like, criticize me for doing what I'm doing, you know, somebody says, is this the ditch you want to die in, Dan? Yep. I, th- I think it's going to be the ditch I die in anyway. So, yep, that's what I want. So I'm a staunch, staunch, staunch supporter of what we do here on Walk the Line, and I will always be. So that's my thing, man. Okay. All right, so let's get into the fun stuff now. This week, okay, so last week, Brooks and I did pretty well. We were both two for four against the spread, and, uh, you know, we always uh, two for four uh, over under. So we're, we're right in the middle. But, uh, I would have done better if you included some of the other games like yeah, Michigan yeah. and Utah we were, and Mississippi State and LSU. We had a couple uh, technical difficulties, but yeah. that, this week we're going to hit okay. some good ones. And the, like I said, last week Michigan State covered and looked great. And um, you know, this week they have a team that's going to be better than Eastern uh, Michigan coming in. It's the Wyoming Cowboys. The thing about Wyoming is they we have a common opponent with them. Uh, Michigan State is going to play Wyoming, but Michigan State already lost to Oregon. Wyoming had to go to Oregon. Amazingly, Wyoming was up seven nothing at the end of the first quarter, and the, they ended up losing uh, forty to fourteen. And I'm going to double check that score. Well, uh, well, I let Brooks talk. But for this game on this Saturday, which is going to be September twenty seventh, Michigan State here in East Lansing is going to host Wyoming. It's minus thirty two for Michigan State, and the over under is forty eight. So, uh, Brooks, I'll let you talk about what you think about this game, and I'm going to look up that exact score between uh, Wyoming and Oregon. Yeah. Uh, I think this is going to be a very interesting game. Uh, it's not. It's not anyways a trap game for Michigan State because I think they'll be fine defensively. Yeah. Uh, if you look at this Oregon squad, uh, they're 53rd overall in points against, uh, 88th in rushing yards, 147 uh, average on the year, 94th in passing yards, 200 204.8 is the average, and they're 121st overall in points for. They're, yeah. They're only getting about 17 points, and if you look at the other games, I think it was 17, 17. The two games they won, and that's total yeah, points I'm looking, they scored. Yeah, I'm looking right now, if you don't mind me running yeah, through it. They ahead, played sure. my, my yeah. Montana to start, so they're 3-1, and one, but they just have not won by very much at all. They, no. they won 17-12 over Montana. That's a very, very small school. They defeated Air Force 17-13. Air Force isn't really picked to be anywhere at the top of anything. And then they beat Florida Atlantic 20-19, to and they trailed in that game 19-17, and they got a last-second field goal. So it's not – and they, they, they lost 48-14 – to Oregon, and that was their best effort of the season in a 34-point loss. Mm-hmm. So, really, 
I'm expecting Michigan State to come out and blast them is what I am. So, <coughs> so really, I'm expecting Michigan State to come out and blast them. Now, uh, Brooks, I'm going to let you go first on this one because the over-under is 48, which you know kind of says Michigan State's not going to give up very many points. You know, um, you know, as we see, uh, Wyoming doesn't really score that much, 17, 17, 14, and 20. Uh, Michigan State's looking sharp on, on all sides. So uh, why don't you uh, kick this one off and tell me what you think is going to be the score of this game. I think I don't think it's going to be a trouncing like against Eastern Michigan because Eastern Michigan is one of the worst uh, Division One football programs. It's yeah. sadly to say because they were actually decent – so many years back, yeah. Um, at least they'd be a respectable four, four five, six win, six win team. But um, I think I think Michigan State this this shouldn't be uh, as difficult. They'll probably have their first team out there for three quarters, and probably in the fourth quarter, I'm sure they'll probably get their backups in their second stringers. In. Yeah. Uh, so I, I mean, I I definitely think Michigan State's going to cover. Okay. Um, I so over unders forty eight. Yep. I, I just they. I know they don't give up a lot of points, Wyoming, from the from the scores. Obviously, you you see you mentioned on the website, sure, and I mentioned a little bit. But Oregon did run a lot of points up, and Oregon's a very high scoring offense. But we just ground and pound and tear you down. So yep. I'm I'm feeling I'm gonna go. Michigan State's gonna win, and I'm gonna say Michigan State wins. I'm gonna go fifty two. Okay. To let's see, the spread is thirty two. Thirty two. Yep. I don't know if it's gonna be exactly thirty two. Probably won't be. Uh, I'm gonna go fifty two to fourteen. Fifty two fourteen. Yeah. That's a good one. I have a little bit less, but a little similar. I have a thirty five point spread. Uh, Michigan State winning forty eight to thirteen. And the reason I put the forty eight there is because I think Michigan State can get that over under on their own. And last week. I was really confident about the over-under. It was 52 and a half. I wasn't sure about the 45 and a half, and I was glad I wasn't sure about it, like I said, because it went to 59-14, and I said, hmm, boy, good thing I really you know, didn't put too much stock in that. But the over-under, I really feel like Michigan State offensively is looking good. They're clicking, you know, uh, firing on all cylinders. Uh, you know, Cook looks really great. I saw a mock draft that had Cook as a top 10 pick now. You know, there's, there's uh, Jameis Winston up in there. But uh, Connor Cook, I mean, that guy is becoming one of the most sought-after quarterbacks it's looking like. I mean, he's a professional guy. He, he stands back. He looks calm in the pocket. And, I mean, we haven't faced the toughest defenses yet, but he looked even good against uh, Oregon. I mean, he threw a couple picks off some deflections, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really, like, happy to see his progress. Yeah, I think this is the year where you'll find out what kind of quarterback Connor Cook is with all the tough opponents they play. Yep. Um, so yeah. Okay, so we can pretty much be assured Michigan State's going to be three and one going into the Nebraska game, and then once Nebraska comes to town a week from this Saturday, then you're going to start to see Big Ten ball, and then we're going to see how good is the Michigan State Spartans for the 2014 football season. Now, speaking of quarterbacks, it was amazing when we recorded last week. Jameis Winston, who opened his mouth. Uh, in the dumbest way possible. Here's a guy with, you know, allegations of rape charges. He's going to he's gonna use something horrible. He's going to use a, a very a derogatory sexual term in public. He was suspended for one half. It's kind of like the Ray Rice situation where they thought about it for a while. They ended up giving him a full game suspension. And Florida State, frankly, escaped. We They didn't cover. They escaped. It, it went down from 19 to 17 to 11. They won by s- six points in overtime, 26-20. But they... For Clemson completely screwed that up. Did you yeah. see that game? I did. I watched it, and I told you that they probably played the backup quarterback, the redshirt freshman. Yeah, you he, did. He didn't, look, right. he didn't look bad. No. And um, Apparently, they don't want him to quarterback sneak from the one-yard line. I kept wondering, they, oh, hey, you're in the shotgun there, Debo Sweeney. Dabo. Dabo. Figure it out, buddy. Yeah. Quarterback sneak. So Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that was, they, they, they just... They just um, Pulled that one off last week, Florida State. Um, but good, good job for uh, the backup quarterback, though. Yep. Aguirre, I think is his yep. name. Yep. Um, good the guy for him. who's not going to be in anymore. Yeah. Unless Jameis does one more thing wrong, which he totally will. Yeah. So I felt bad though because like they kind of like the cameras kind of turned to Jameis like right away after they kind of like took some of the spot. Well, it's about him. He's the man. He's a Heisman Trophy winner. So. I know, but I like you gotta you gotta feel good for the kid and then his parents. They flew his parents in at the last minute. To oh, the backup. Watch. Yeah, the backup's yeah, parents. Good yeah. for him. 
Good for him. Yeah. He, he essentially saved the se- season because if they would have lost that game, people might have been able to discount the fact that they lost without Jameis Winston. But what would have happened is they would have not made it to the ACC uh, championship game because Clemson would have been two games up on them, essentially. And Clemson's not going to lose two conference games after yeah. this. Would have been good for everyone else, like Michigan State. It would have been great. It was a heartbreaker to watch, you know, from my standpoint. So this week, it's interesting for different levels. Because Jameis Winston is back, but this cannot be good. There's going to be weird pu- publicity. As we get you know, closer to Saturday, which is coming fast, they're going to be asking, oh, Jameis, you gonna, are you ready, you ready, you ready? And I know he's a guy that kind of embraces this you know, notoriety, but Florida State's going in as minus 19-point favorites. So they're 19-point favorites into North Carolina State, over-under is 59. I'm going to tell you this right away. They're not covering that 19 points, and it's going to go lower by the time we get to kickoff. And if you look... Two seasons ago, North Carolina State uh, d- defeated them in rally. And then four seasons ago, North Carolina State defeated Florida State in rally. Now, granted, neither of those times were with Jameis Winston. But that's a ra- rabid crowd. The fans, they're in red. They're going freak out. It's 3.30 in the afternoon, you know, nationally televised. They, they've been playing well. I've watched. They were down earlier this season, and they, they made comebacks. So they, they just seem to be a team that has something up their sleeve. So, I mean, I'm not going to go so far as to say North Carolina State's going to beat them because I do think Jameis is, is a magic man and can pull it off. But I'm just going to come out right now and say that this game stays under the 59 and that North Carolina State barely loses the game. So I'm going to say Florida State wins 27-24, keeps the game at 51 and they survive a scare. And that's going to make the committee start thinking, here's a team in Florida State that now will be 0-4 against the spread. They haven't covered the spread once, and I don't think they're going to cover on Saturday. So what do you think? Mm, I think it's going to be interesting. Because <clears throat> to go off your stats yeah. from when they lost in Raleigh the last two, every other year uh, Florida State does well against um, NC State, but then in the other years they do bad. So last year they crushed them 49-17, 2012 17-16 yep. they lost. Yep. Beat them at home 34-0 to in 2011. Yep. In lost in Raleigh, lost in Raleigh in 2010 28-24 and they just beat them in 09 45-42. So NC State for most of these games, well, yeah, for 3 out of the 5, they've played them close. Yeah. That's so, so it's gonna be an, it's so gonna I'm be squeaking. very interesting, yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, do do, do does, does NC State have that? You know, the quarterback, um, like a Russell Wilson or a Mike Glennon when they were playing back then, no. But, um, the you know Jacob Brissett's played very well, eighty three of one nineteen for one thousand five yards, sixty nine point seven completion percentage, which is very important, and a ratio of ten TDs to one interception. Look, the guy's playing well, and it was the Georgia Southern game where they were trailing. They were kind of dead in the water. I think they were might have been down two scores in that game in the fourth quarter, and they came back and won on a final drive. Mm-hmm. And they've just unleashed the dogs after that. Yeah, they whooped you know Old Dominion. They put up forty six points. They whooped South Florida, and then they won forty two nothing over Presbyterian. That's a tiny tiny school. But I just think for 19 points, it's just that's an easy an easy one to to pick to mm-hmm. just just take the points in that one and, yeah. and I'll feel good. So do you want to give me a score in this one? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it's in Rye this year, right? Yep. Man, I'm gonna say it's gonna be the every other every other year thing. I think North okay. Carolina State wins. Awesome. I'm gonna say North Carolina State that. wins, and okay. I think you're I think you're right. It's gonna go in the under. Okay. That's not gonna get over 59 points. So okay. I'm gonna say under. So I'm gonna say NC State. I'm going to say they won by a field goal, 34-31. Okay, that does push it over. Oh, it does push it over. No, yeah. Okay, never mind, just kidding. You want a, you want a yeah. high-scoring affair, buddy? You no, know, I don't. I don't. I'm sorry, folks. My math is awful. Um, I'm going to go 24-21. 24-21. Awesome. Well, you know what? I mean, I I could see that happening, honestly. And I, I hope it happens for Michigan State's sake. Let's just get Florida State out of there. And, I mean, frankly, I'm a little sick of Jameis Winston now. He didn't seem contrite at all after his n- newest thing. He was he was at the microphone smiling. I keep wondering why they par- parade him up to the microphone to put that grin on his face. But uh, with, the, with the things that are happening in the NFL right now, the last thing a team wants is a dude like this coming in. You know, I mean, we have this whole thing about this summer. He said he took $32 worth of crab legs and forgot to pay. And, I mean, I, I don't know the last time I forgot to pay for something in a store. So I just, just – he's, 
he's just starting to add up to a bunch of weird stuff, man. So I don't know. And it, and that's that's kind of your Johnny Manziel attitude. We we talked about it last week. It's just like you know, it's it's this uh, this feeling of entitlement. And uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna bury him this season. I think that stuff can only last once. Mm-hmm. So I agree. And he's not really representing Heisman winners very, very well, because you know you, you as a Heisman winner, you have to be held to a standard where you have to be good on and off the field. Yeah, this is shameful. It is very shameful, and I'm sure the Heisman committee probably doesn't like that. No. And I'm just wondering, in the years ahead, the Heisman committee is gonna consider when they choose players like how they represent themselves yeah, on and, and the just field in the future i mean uh, yeah nfl teams like like let's say the st louis rams can can have an opportunity to draft him i mean they probably will because they're going to take skill over this of but, course but you just never know i mean this is a this is a, a an, it's just like what's next and what's going to happen because the guy's all over the place man yeah integrity matters it totally does so all right i mean just and just i mean look at the players that are suspended right now adrian peterson for for you know beating up his four-year-old and stuff yeah. so mm-hmm. it is weird okay here's another one i'll just hit quickly uh, minnesota never customarily plays well in ann arbor but uh this year michigan wolverines aren't playing well in ann arbor so last week they lost 26-10 to utah it was a humiliating defeat because not only were they guaranteed of losing in the fourth quarter, but God intervened and put some uh, lightning in the sky and made them go sit in that locker room for I thought they were going to get 35 points, and I was really upset because I think they're heading that way because they got their quarterback back after he got crushed at one point. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about Utah? Yes. Because yep. I, I, I think they I said they could have done more. I think I said they wanted, but they just wanted to get out of there. So Michigan yeah. looked bad. I mean, Gardner looked bad. They put in the backup quarterback. What is his name? Shane Morris. Shane Morris, the lefty. He threw a pick. So basically... I don't know. Michigan minus twelve over under forty four. I'm I'm sorry. Like remember I said my joke the the uh, Iowa couldn't cover a pin prick. I mean um, if you could if you a tiny pin uh, stuck a pin prick, Michigan still couldn't cover that. So this is the, the minus twelve is ridiculous. I saw minus ten and it moved to minus twelve. I'd like to meet the person who thinks that's going to happen. So, and uh, when I said it, I I talked smack against Iowa. I was right. They lost at home to Iowa State. So. I mean, I'm just going to come out, if you don't mind, I'll just do this quickly. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think Michigan's going to lose, although it's possible, but I think they're going to look bad. I think they're going to eke out some sort of win. I think it's going to be uh, 20 to 16. They're only going to win by four, and it's going to stay under 44. So that's my pick for that one. Mm-hmm. And really, I could see them losing very easily, but I'm going to just talk about the spread here and say there's no way they cover 12 points. Yeah. Have at it, Brooks. Well... Since I got last week's prediction right against Utah, mm-hmm, you did. Do I want to go with the upset again? And I'm kind of thinking I'm on the fence about this right now because uh-huh. Minnesota played TCU. They only lost thirty to seven, but TCU is a heck of a lot better team than Michigan. Uh-huh. They never really played anyone else. Middle to Tennessee State, not very good. Eastern Illinois, not great. San Jose State plays tough teams. One twenty four seven. Sure. Minnesota's not done over, done well over the years against Michigan. No, they haven't. Um, they haven't gotten the little brown jug back in a while. But maybe this could be the year. Okay. Maybe. Michigan's down. They're down. They're, Brady Hoke, his seat is on fire right Literally. now. They need to win. But I think Michigan just has better talent than Minnesota, unfortunately. Okay. I think Minnesota is about a year or two away from being in the middle of the road. Okay. So I'm going to say Michigan wins this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to say they get 28 and Minnesota gets 17. 28-17. So that goes over by one point. You yeah. get 28-17. I, mean, I, I like the But over. you don't have them covering. And that's what's ridiculous about 12 points. Like I, It's it's funny to think that 28-17 doesn't cover, but I, I just can't see this being a double-digit victory. Michigan doesn't sh- didn't, hasn't shown me much, and they haven't shown very much against Notre Dame. They've had zero points. So just... You know, I, I, I just, I'm enjoying it. And lot, lots of people are saying, well, do we, do we as Michigan State fans want to see Brady Hoke get fired because he's just so terrible at coaching that maybe we want him around so we can rough them up again when they come to town. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it's a thing where Brady Hoke's, I mean, I've heard multiple things where Dave Brandon's very controlling as the athletic director. Yeah. Because he played football there and he thinks he knows the Michigan culture as well as sure. like some other guy. Um so I think that, I don't know, it, it's a messy situation that no one in what, probably the athletic department's probably just grinding their teeth, just gritting their teeth well, over. Well, and, you know, people say, you know, uh, John Harbaugh's kind of, you know, rough, ruffling everybody's feathers in San Francisco. You know, they lost to Arizona last week on the road. They didn't look good. 
and they didn't have a good preseason, so maybe this is a match that's going to happen sooner than later. If it is, that'll be scary. It, yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, at this point, I'm just enjoying the fact that Michigan's not very good, and ha 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 ha. Okay, moving on. Next one. This is a game that I'm, you know what? What's up, Syracuse? Okay, so Notre Dame minus 10. They're going to play in the Meadowlands against Syracuse. So Notre Dame loves to play in every stadium but uh, their own and the other team's, uh, you know, home field. So Syracuse, they did, their best win was they went to Central Michigan, but Central Michigan did not have a running, their, their star running back for the game. Last week, Syracuse was favored at home against Maryland. I thought it was going to be a good victory for Syracuse. Turned out Maryland went in and spanked them. Maryland's better than everyone thinks. Yes, so Maryland's better than some people think. I still think Maryland's okay. But we'll see because Michigan State has to play them on the road soon. But now Notre Dame's minus 10 and the opener's 49. And I'm going to let Brooks uh, start off with this one. What do you think about it? I think Notre Dame, this this could be a trap game for them if they don't come in ready. But I think they win. Okay. Because the play of Everett Golson is just... It's so helpful to have him back, this quarterback that can keep the ball, that can keep the play alive yeah. if he has to get out of the pocket. He has a good arm. He has enough around him, and the defense is good enough. Uh, I'm going to go Notre Dame wins this game 32. No, yeah, thir- not the number 32. That's kind of, that sounded like I was doing something last. So, That's yeah. a possible yeah, number. So yeah. That's <laughs> been done in football before. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go 32 to... 21. 32-21. So you got it going over and you have Notre Dame covering. Yep. Okay. I definitely think Notre Dame's going to cover. I Notre Dame's last victory came against Purdue. They won 30-14 to where they pulled away at the end. They were minus 29 in that game, and I didn't think they were going to cover because the game took place in Indianapolis. But uh, um, this one, it's on the road. Notre Dame has a – they played in those pinstripe bowls, and they love going to the East Coast. They do. To get, for recruiting purposes. So the fact that Syracuse could not defeat – Maryland at home last week, and now they're facing a better team in Notre Dame. And I mean, ranking wise, Notre Dame is now top ten. They're 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 eighth nationally. I mean, I'm I think that they're going to go in and work them almost, almost exactly the same way they beat Purdue. Going to be close, kind of in the middle. They'll pull away at the end, a couple touchdowns at the end. So I think they're going to get that cover. I have them winning by 17 points, 31 to 14. So I think it's going to be one of those closer games. Um, but uh, I did want to just say I, I think it's going to stay under just. I don't know. Like I, I have a. It's going to be close to that forty-nine, but I think Notre Dame covers pretty comfortably and just moves on. And then they're going to have a tougher part of their schedule. You, you know, USC is how it, how it ends, but they have Florida State and Stanford there, and that's when we're really going to find out about Notre Dame. But uh, we both agree that Notre Dame is going to cover this one. Okay, moving on briskly here. This one, I just got to give my quick. <laughs> this, so uh, moving on bricks. Let me say this again. So moving on briskly here, I just got to get my Illinois Fighting Illini uh, moment here for the show on Walk the Line this week. Uh, Illinois came back again in the fourth quarter last week against Texas State. They had a, even a pick six because it was 11-point spread or 12-and-a-half at one point. Pick six, put them up 14. I said, hey, I'm feeling good. I picked Illinois. But guess what? They gave up a touchdown that was meaningless at the end. One by seven. So the Illini are three and one, three games away from a bowl game, which would make me go, yay. But it's tough to say. This week will not be one of them. They are going into Lincoln, Nebraska to face the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Nebraska defeated Miami pretty handily last week. Miami's a pretty good team. They have a freshman quarterback that's going to get better. But Nebraska is going to run. Amir Abdullah is going to destroy Illinois' defense. Over under 66.5. I think the game's going over. The spread is 20. I think no, I think Nebraska can do whatever they want. So I think that Nebraska puts up 59 points and Illinois puts up 35. So this game's going to go way over. I just wanted to say there's no way Illinois can stop Nebraska at all, and that's, that's going to be what Michigan State's going to have to do two weeks from now is stop Amir Abdullah. So Illinois, I'm very happy to see that they're 3-1 and one on the season, but there's no way they cover the 20 points. So what do you got? I'm, I agree. I think Nebraska's going to crush them. I'm going Nebraska. Gosh, 44. 48. Okay. Or, yeah, 48, uh, Illinois, 21. That would make sense. I mean, you have it at 69 points. I have it at uh, 
at uh, 94 points. And the reason I think Illinois can get 35 on the board is because it's going to be a blowout, and then Westlunt will stay in there and get some passes. And I'm proud. Like I'm an Illini fan. I always say it. I'm from Champaign, Illinois. I think Westlunt is doing a great job. There's a freshman named Jason Dudick. Very good receiver. I think he has a bright future. And I just don't think Illinois has the defensive presence to stop Amir Abdullah and the different things that Nebraska brings. And yeah. that you know, everybody knows the home crowd in Nebraska is just just, you know, they're they're riot. They're it's gonna be the uh, the Red Sea, the big red. So all right, let's get into a couple before we get to um uh, NFL football, I got a couple quick ones for uh, SEC football. So Missouri Tigers, who are coming off a horribly embarrassing home loss, they were 13.5-point favorites to the Indiana Hoosiers of all people. And no longer are they the losers. They get to be called the Hoosiers because they went in, they scored a fourth-quarter touchdown, and they defeated Missouri at home. And like I said, I'm from Champaign, Illinois, so ha 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 Sorry, Missouri, your season just got wrecked by the Hoosiers. So now Missouri is they're plus six. They're going into South Carolina, so minus six for the Gamecocks. Uh, 62 and a half is the over/under. South Carolina had a tough game last week with uh, Vanderbilt, but ended up, uh, you know, blowing them out at the end of the game. Uh, so, uh, why don't you give me your pick on this one? South Carolina minus six with an over/under 62 and a half. I'm gonna say South Carolina wins this one. I'm gonna say South Carolina wins. Gosh, because 35 to 24. 35, 24. So you got it at 59. Yeah. Which is stays under. Now, is there any particular reason there? Do you think that they're they're going to stay up on them or like the whole game? Is it something they pull away at the end? No, I just think it's going to be. I mean, I think <laughs> South Carolina's been so up and down that I think like sometimes like they just have to come back to reality and some at some point in the That's season. A good point. Some at some point there's just a consistency that starts to happen in games unless you're playing like a Bama or something like that. Uh huh. Um. And I think Missouri just they want to win, but I just don't think they have the talent to beat um, to beat a South Carolina team. Yeah, I mean it. It just showed me something to lose at home to Indiana. Yes, they they took them for granted, and you can't take any team for granted. That's what happened. But uh, you know, because Missouri had played a couple lesser opponents, and I think they beat Toledo at one point. They destroyed them. So, but now they're this is real SEC. When you have to go to the South. Where people got the accent and say they were Palmetto State. I don't know if that's how they talk, but the old ball coach is going to be chewing on some gum. So I think it's a high scoring affair. The thing I like more than anything else, you have it staying under. I, I think that this game's up tempo. It's going to go over 62.5. So I have South Carolina winning and covering. I have them winning 41 34. So just another high scoring game in that, in that ballpark there with the ball coach. And uh, I just expect a high scoring affair. <laughs> so, I mean, anything else to add to it? Not really. I think this is pretty just a, I don't want to say basic game, but it's it's very... It, it is. It's, I, yeah. I'll be shocked if Missouri goes in there and wins. Yeah. I mean, South Carolina, they had their loss to, um, to Texas A&M, and uh, now I think they're going to be playing great for the rest of the season, which segues nicely into our final NCAA pick of the week. Uh, Texas A&M uh, Aggies minus 10 at home against the Arkansas Razorbacks with an over-under of 70.5, and I just want to drop some love to Texas A&M because these guys, you know, you replace Johnny Football with Kenny Hill, and they are destroying people. They're up to sixth in the nation. They're 4-0. and They won last week. 58 to 6 over a pathetic SMU game. I'd love to see SMU play uh, Eastern Michigan. Just kidding. No, I wouldn't. But uh, they defeated Rice 38 10. They defeated Lamar 73 to 3. And as everybody knows, they went in to start the season on that Thursday and put 52 points up on South Carolina, who's like, what? So Texas A&M's for real. They have a tough, tough schedule coming up for them. They have to go to Mississippi State, who Brooks correctly said was going to give LSU a great game. I don't think you d- you thought they were going to defeat LSU, did you? No, I said I thought I thought they were going to win. I thought did they were, you, man. Yeah. Brooks was right on that one. Yeah. And Mississippi State was great. I didn't think they went by that. Well, it, man, it, they they it was were up good. by fourteen or they two touchdowns, whooping. but then LSU kind of closed a little bit. The but thing yeah. about Texas A&M is you got to consider them for the Final Four for the playoffs, but they got to go to. Mississippi State, they got to play Ole Miss, they got to go to Alabama, they got to go to Auburn, then they play LSU. So you talk about the toughest of tough. If Texas A&M gets through this with even one loss, Texas A&M should be in the Final Four. I'm sorry. So I'll just come out and say it. Yes, Arkansas is playing better than they have in in recent. I mean, last year they were wretched. Last year, so they're three and one. They just beat Northern Illinois fifty-two to fourteen. So that's that's a good because Northern Illinois had not lost yet. But Texas A&M is for real. 
I expect a lot of points in this game. Go over 70 again. I do think Texas A&M covers. So I'm going to say Texas A&M puts up 55 and um, Arkansas scores 41. So I got 55-41 for A&M. Wow, that's a very high-scoring game. Very high-scoring. Yeah. I'm going to go on the flip side here. I'm going to argue for Arkansas here. Okay, go for it. I'm, I think Arkansas probably has one of the toughest SEC schedules to finish. They have to play A&M, Alabama, and then Georgia. Those are all at home. But then they have to go at Mississippi State. They have home to LSU. They have Ole Miss, and then they have Missouri. Now, those three games, A&M, Alabama, and Georgia, they're all ranked in the top 15. And then you have Mississippi State, LSU, and Ole Miss. Currently, two are ranked in the top 15. LSU's at 17. So that's those are very strong games. Hey, they're looking good. They're looking they way are. better than they, they have been. And yeah. they, they are running the ball very well. And the question is, with A&M, have, what's their defense like? Have we seen a good defense from them where a team that can ground and pound sure. and takes time off the clock and keeps the offense off the field, they haven't played a team like that yet. Because South Carolina is not that quite not that not that type of a team. So my question is: So what are you going to say? Is, is can Arkansas win at Texas A and M? I think Arkansas say- can, can upset them, and wow. I, I'm going to pick them to upset them. Wow! I'm going to go Arkansas wins. Uh huh. I'm going to say that would shock me. Thirty. I'm going to say it's yeah. You were right about Mississippi State. I mean, you yeah. were all over Mississippi State. Last I was. Week. I was, and uh, I'm going to say thirty-five. No, I'm Arkansas. Didn't even get that. I'm going to say it's a very low scoring wow. game. Wow. Okay. I'm gonna say it's thirty-two or no, I'm gonna go thirty-five. I'm gonna go back to thirty-five. Okay, thirty-five for Arkansas. You got it. And I'm gonna go twenty-eight for Texas A&M. All I right. just think the ground and pound is gonna wear him off and keep the offense off the field. Because Brett, I mean, Wisconsin. That's how Wisconsin football was. Brett Bielema was sure. smart. He's got his team finally. He's hey, got his. If big, that's what he's. If he's doing what he wants yeah. to do, then then we're gonna see it. So this is great. This is why I like the show. This is good. So we'll see if you're right. Because that's a bold pick, man. With the way Texas A&M's looking, I mean, they're looking fantastic. And uh, you know, they haven't been tested since their first game. So this will be a good test. Yeah. But they're gonna have the home crowd. You know, they have what's they they before the Seattle Seahawks had it, they had the 12th man, and they yes. still do. So, cool. Okay. So uh, I'm gonna uh, just. Uh, Switch over really quick, and then we're going to talk about it. Just a couple NFL games, and then we're going to get out of here. Does that sound good to you? Sounds good. All right, Brooks, that was a pretty cool discussion there about uh, NCAA Week 5. And now I'd like to get into NFL Week 4. So uh, uh, last week, you know, it's I was just kind of in between. I was 3 for 6 on the spread and 2 for 4 on the uh, over-under. <laughs> Brooks, poor, poor, poor Brooks has a cold right now, don't you, Brooks? Yeah, I do. I do have a cold. It kind of right. sucks. And that's why I'm staying a good 8 feet away from him here in the yep. studio. Yep. Now, uh, one of the shockers for me last week was the fact that the Detroit Lions did not lose to Green Bay. And, in fact, they beat them pretty bad. They scooped and scored a fumble there, and then they played great defense, and they won 19-7. to So, you know, awesome job for Detroit. Uh, their opponent this week, the New York Jets, played a home game against the Chicago Bears. They couldn't hold the ball. They had a pick six early. The, the Bears, uh, uh, Ryan Mundy, I think. It was Monday Night Football, Mike Tirico said. Pick six, uh, Geno Smith. And uh, the Jets, they were fumbling punts. So now Detroit goes in <laughs> as favorites, minus two, to the Meadowlands for a 1 p.m. game. The over-under is 45, and the Lions did not fare too well in their only road game thus far this season when they went to Carolina. They lost 24-7. to So uh, here's a Jets team that's in maybe a, a disarray because is Geno Smith, does he need to be replaced? Because they have only one victory over the um, over the Oakland Raiders, who are a terrible team. And then they uh, the Jets blew a lead against Green Bay, who, as we see, Green Bay is not that great. If you want to say losing to the Lions is a bad thing, which I'm saying. So Detroit minus two at New York Jets with an over under 45. What do you think? I'm thinking that I like the, the Lions winning in this game. Uh Two points. Yeah, I think it's a little higher than two. To be honest with you. Yeah, I mean that's that's funny because it's you know for a road team. Yeah. I think people love it because the Jets are the defensive team. Uh, you know, obviously they're home. Lions are on the road. Like you said, that plays a factor into it. Um, I, I think Detroit wins by let's see over under forty five. I'm yeah. gonna say Detroit probably puts up at least twenty eight. So I'm gonna go thirty one. Oh wow, cool. And the Jets will. Put up twenty one. Okay, so you have Detroit just kind of going in there and dominating the game, more yeah. Because I I just think Geno Smith, like like you talked about, he he does <laughs> as a young quarterback, he does things very well from inside his 
their half of the field and in, in, in the middle of the field. But when he gets into that red zone area, exactly. you have to score in the red zone. And this is not college football, like like when we discuss spreads. Like, yeah. This is not – you have to score in the red zone. If you don't score in the red zone and you're not an efficient quarterback in the red zone, you're not a good NFL quarterback. Yep. So – and it's also is the, the, the Jets play one-dimensional ball sometimes too. Um, uh, so I, I think it's just kind of – you know, I, I just think it's something – that you know the Lions are going to take advantage of, even though they're not the greatest defensive team. I think just they, their offense is di- dimensional with Reggie Bush in the backfield, Kevin Johnson. Yeah, they have a lot to work with. Golden I just Tate. don't know if they can use it all. I mean, the 19 points they got, they kind of you know just kind of muddled their way to 19 points. They did, they did. So, but I I, I think they you know they went 31, 21. Well, I do agree that they're going to win. I do agree that they will cover the two points. I have them winning 23 to 20 in a game that stays under. Mm-hmm. It just feels like it'll be an NFL Sunday game. You know, I, I'm maybe back and forth for a little bit, but I think the the Lions do have enough. It's early season. Hopefully, they you know for Detroit fans, they can uh, start getting a little confidence in themselves. But I think they do have what it takes, um, you know, to to get a win in the uh, in a in a lesser opponent. I think at the end of the season, the Jets are going to be lucky to get to five wins or something like that. So, and I do think that Geno Smith will probably find a need to find a replacement soon. He just doesn't strike me. At the end of the Bears game, he he's just kind of chucking it to the back of the end zone too far. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I, uh, a, a buddy of mine, Cody Voss, he he said, thank God Detroit won uh, over Green Bay because now the rest of my week I'll be happy. So for Cody's sake, I hope the Lions go to 3-1 and one in the season. Yes. So. Okay, sticking in that division, in Detroit's division, the, the NFC North, uh, we have an intra-divisional game. The Green Bay Packers are going into Chicago and counterintuitively, a team in Green Bay who just lost by 12 against a team in Chicago who is on a two-game winning streak, Green Bay, for some reason, is favored by one and a half points. And they usually do play well in Chicago. They won that final game of last season when Aaron Rodgers came back and won. So Chicago's dogs at home by a point and a half. Over-unders 50.5. Chicago just won 27-19. They won 28-20 over the uh, San Francisco 49ers. But where Chicago did play poorly was at home against the Buffalo Bills in Week 1. It went to overtime, tied at 20, and the Bears lost 23-20. to So, I'm going to go first on this one because I'm just talking and talking and talking, as I tend to do. But I think the Bears do not win at home. I think Green Bay figures something out. I don't think the Bears are as great as they might think they are. I it, There's just something about the Bears that hasn't been doing it for me. So, I think it's going to be a lower-scoring game, just kind of like that Buffalo Bills thing. I'm going to say 27 to 21. So that keeps it at 48 points total. So to keep it under. But I think Green Bay goes in there and wins that game, and Chicago leaves scratching their head. So that's what I think. I'm going to go opposite of you. I'm going to say Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is not a quarterback where he's very, he's not, he, he needs talent around him to win okay he's not a tom brady where he can just make people better okay and he gets very frustrated he he's not very composed sometimes okay and i think that plays a big part when you don't have a lot of talent around you and you don't play you know like randall cobb's still young but you know at kentucky when i was there and i watched him play like he he was not he was good he's fast but he's not like he's not the go-to guy. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, or? I don't think he's a go-to guy for them. I I don't I don't think they have that go-to receiver. Right. So and I and I think Jay Cutler has definitely improved with Chicago. And you have Brandon Marshall there. You have Martellus Bennett. They do have a lot of receivers. Good. You know, and, Joseph Forte is still reliable. Yes, Matt he Forte. is. Matt Why Forte. Joseph Forte. Yeah. Matt Forte is still mm-hmm. very reliable. I think Chicago wins, and I'm gonna go. Chicago wins. Okay. 30, oh, I don't think it's going to, uh, gosh, these NFL scores are so difficult. They I'm going to go 28, Okay. and Green Bay is going to put up 21. I think they went by a touchdown. So we kind of flipped it then between me and you. And, I mean, like, I wouldn't be shocked if Chicago wins, but I just feel like this is the point where Green Bay does figure it out. Maybe they're ashamed of themselves for how they played in Detroit. I mean, Eddie Lacy needs to pick it up. He even got sacked for, not sacked, but he got caught in the end zone for a safety in that game. So, you know, Detroit's. Uh, the Green Bay contributed directly to Detroit getting nine points in that game. You know, so Detroit did score 10, 10 on their own. They 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 won nineteen seven. But uh, I just feel like Green Bay gets a little extra confidence in Chicago just because of the way it's been. And I think it's time for them to turn it around soon because they don't want to go to one and three in the season. Yeah. And like one thing, I, w- I was listening to what was it? I think it was Colin Coward. I was listening to earlier this week, and he's talking about how certain quarter, certain certain coaches, how they scheme for teams. And for their scheme for their own team, and the biggest thing that Colin Coward mentioned was that the 
the, along with the Jets as well as the Packers, uh-huh. is that they don't change their scheme. They don't have multiple schemes. Okay, they true. show you the same thing every time. They do. And in the NFL today, you have to show different things because the players are too good to not understand how to defend something. It's not the, like the old days where you can get by on town alone. Right. You got to be smart how you scheme. Yeah. And you know the Bears are the Bears are very good at scheming. Uh, with Jay Cutler, Mark Tr- Mark Trustman's a very good coach. Um, especially when you have to play in the Canadian Football League, you got to be a little creative, you know, right? <laughs> right. So I, I just think that's going to be the difference. Okay. Is, is the teams that the, the one team's going to outscheme someone? Okay. All right. So moving on, this game is a 4 p.m. game, and it's in San Francisco. And this one's just intriguing to me because the Philadelphia Eagles have been pretty. Once they fell down 17 nothing to the Jacksonville Jaguars, they they figured it out. They scored 34 points in the second half of that game. And then last week, it was a real big shootout with the Washington Redskins, and Nick Foles threw a great touchdown pass at the end. And Eagles are always, they're explosive, and they seem to always go over. They're always in the 50s. Last week, it was 37-34, and you know they played Indianapolis Colts. They came back and won that game on a Monday night. So I'm very impressed with the Philadelphia Eagles. They're not, the, like, I just have to say it, I guess. They're just, I don't like them. I never liked Philadelphia. I don't know, I guess I'm just being... Just a jerk about that, but it's, there's something to commend in Nick Foles and the team. You know, Chip Kelly's figuring something out. Lashawn McCoy, you know, so they're getting five points. Philadelphia is plus five on the road at San Fran. The the 49ers couldn't even win, and they couldn't do anything against Drew Stanton. And that's two games in a row now that the 49ers have zero points in the second half. They were up on the Bears, nothing. They had 14 points on uh, at halftime against Arizona, nothing. So the over-under is 51. I do think this game's going to go over, and I do think that Philadelphia not only covers, but I think Philadelphia's going to go in there and beat them. So uh, um, I'm just going to do what I did earlier and just say it really quick. I think Philadelphia puts up 34 points to push it over. I think San Francisco uh, puts up uh, 28 points. So uh, that's what I'm going with, man. Another high-scoring game for the Philadelphia Eagles, but they're going to win, and Philly's going to go to 4-0 in the season. And I think what makes Philadelphia a dangerous team uh, is that they score in the second half? Man, they I think they like put up seven points last week in the first half. Yeah, but they and then they come up, they came out and put thirty four up the, yeah. the second half. Yep, and that's dangerous when and th- that goes back to scheming again. And like they were Con down Coward. against Indianapolis and they yeah. came a great second half. They were down twenty to six in that game and they mm-hmm. came back and won. And that's what Colin Coward mentioned about scheming. Scheming and uh, the great coaches like Chip Kelly know how to scheme very well he and change their game plan. Coach. Yeah, when something doesn't work, you have to try something else. Yeah, and with all his weapons around him. You know, Darren Sproles is on my fantasy team, so yeah. I, you know, Sproles is, Sproles is good in this slot. He can run the ball. Man. He gives McCoy time and Macklin and all those other guys. And yeah, they yeah. got a lot of work. To yeah, work and with. I, you know, I and San Francisco, like again, one-dimensional team running ground and pound, two tight ends, yeah. uh, and uh, good wide receivers. Their defense isn't there though, like it was in the past two years. So I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Philadelphia does win this, and I agree with you. I think they put up. I'm gonna go. They. You said thirty five. I gonna, said thirty four twenty eight. But thirty four. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So I'm I'm gonna say that they put up. It's not gonna get to forty nine. Um, no, well, you're about, in the forties, huh? How about yeah? Oh gosh, that's like I feel like I'm pushing that if I get to there. I'm gonna say they thirty seven. I'm gonna say they get a f- couple field goals or okay. something in there. Philly thirty seven. Thirty seven and uh, San Francisco. I'm gonna go twenty eight. So big win for Philly on the road. And at that point, now Jim Harbaugh, if that happens, what you just said, they go to 1-3 and in the season with three consecutive losses, then it's time to start questioning John Harbaugh Mm -hmm. as a coach. And it's possible. So kind of a must-win situation. Yes. But uh, Philly, I mean, you know, if if, I just San Francisco's looks so terrible in the second half. And like you said, Philly looks great in the second half. So it's a contrast. I can't wait. All right, there's one last game. I know I got a couple more on the list, but I want to I want to get going here. So the final one is I just want to see if uh, Pittsburgh can beat up on the team. This is where the NFL flips it on our head. Pittsburgh looked great against Carolina on Sunday night, and they whooped the Panthers. Uh, ben Roth- Roethlisberger looked like the the guy who won two Super Bowls. He's slinging to Antonio Brown. I mean, uh, Pittsburgh, I think, signed James Harrison. So they're getting the gang back together. It's like the Blues Brothers. And then you got Lovey Smith in Tampa Bay, and they're clueless. Last week they got beat 56-14 to Atlanta. No idea what they're doing. Lovey Smith looks like the worst coach ever. Uh, so Pittsburgh's minus 7.5 at home. The opener's 45.5. I mean, I think that 
This is just a game that, then so by saying this, watch Tampa Bay play well for the first time this season. But I think Pittsburgh just spanks them. I think Pittsburgh rolls, gets, uh, you know, 37 points. Like, that's, that seems to be a good number. So I think Pittsburgh wins 37 to 10 in this game. Uh, puts the game over 45 and a half that way. So I like Pitt 40, uh, 37-10. Wow. Well, Josh McCown's not playing this week as a thumb injury, so Mike Lennon's playing. Okay, for that could Bay. be a good thing. So I think it's a good thing for them. I think it's going to change it up. And Mike Lennon wasn't a bad quarterback. I don't know no. why. I mean, Josh McCown, probably good veteran to help with Mike Lennon. But just those three games stuff. just didn't work. Yeah, but he, you know, the funny is they have the weapons around them, and I just I'm feeling this week that something's going to happen. So they they may not win, but they're going to keep it close. And I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good about uh, Tampa. So I'm going to say Tam- Tampa's wow, going to. Cool. I'm gonna say Tampa pulls a win. They're gonna okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go and say they wow. Win. Okay, this yeah. is Super Bowl. Yeah, okay, this, so this so really, sweet. then you're blaming it on Josh McCown. Then yeah. Okay, go on. Maybe. Wow. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say they win. I'm gonna go. Tampa Bay is gonna put up. Uh, I go 31. And Pittsburgh. <laughs> Pitts, Pittsburgh. This seems ridiculous. But Pittsburgh, go on. <laughs> Pittsburgh puts up uh, 27. Okay. Now, I just want everybody at home to know that I just scoffed at Brooks Lambeer's pick, but I watched this. Watch this guy be just dead on correct. So that's if, the beauty of if it. If I'm dead on correct, no, that's I, awesome. I will take you out to lunch. Nice. See? Yes. There we go. See? But we're not betting about it, are we? No, we aren't. We are it's not. A, it's a, yeah, we're not. See, we, we're full circle. Yeah. This is the, the per- parabolic J-curve that yeah. my friend James at home talks about. Yeah. We, we began, we ended where we began. It's like a Tarantino movie, me mm-hmm. and you, Brooks. So, awesome. Yeah. Well, that officially was Walk the Line uh, NFL, or let's say Walk the Line NFL, excuse me. Well, that officially was Walk the Line NCAA Week 5 and NFL Week 4. My name's Dan Cryer. That's Brooks Lambeer. And um, my parting words uh, for this week uh, is just to let everybody know how enjoyable this is to me. And uh, I really appreciate Brooks for stopping by. I uh, really got lots of love for my boy Ryan Smith. Uh, you know, he's just so busy, and I'm so proud of him for working so hard and doing everything he does. He's my man. And, um, you know, just I, I thank everybody for listening. And, and I think that what we're doing here discussing the point spreads will become the norm more in the future. I think it's inevitable, and I think people will stop putting the negative connotations on it as this uh, becomes more commonplace. So that's my words of wisdom on, uh, as I get out of here. Anything you'd like to add, Brooks? Um, no, not really much. I really enjoyed the, the NFL. is definitely a different thing. You know, I play fantasy football, um, so I think it just adds to the excitement of picking these scores because, yeah. uh, you know, I want my players for certain teams to do very well. You're mentally invested. Yes, I am very mentally invested. Though I still need to keep Sundays for for school days as well. But you study um, hard. But I'm still but I'm still checking my phone for my. my I check Yahoo the scores from my office. I uh, while I'm working every Sunday. Saturday's my day to kind of relax and watch football and not. Yeah. Re- and but Sunday I'm always studying and working hard. So. Yep. Cool. Well, uh, everybody out there, thank you very much for listening. I appreciate it, and I hope everybody has a good weekend.